What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Squire. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well, and we are officially now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. On this episode of the TSK show, Tyler and I are going to recap the headlines from week one in the NFL. We're also going to discuss how we did in the first week of the TSK show Fantasy Football League. On the hardwood, Tyler and I are going to talk about Team USA and their quarterfinal game loss to France earlier today, Memphis refusing to discuss a buyout with Andre Iguodala, and I have three NBA trade scenarios that I found on Twitter to run by Tyler. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the sports, Kingdom Sports. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? Good, man. I enjoyed the uh, full week of football last week. Got to see Thursday, Thursday night, all of the Sunday games, and Monday night. There you go. All right. Well, yeah, no, it's uh, it's great to have football back. A lot of great games this weekend. But first, we thought we would uh, update everybody with how we did on, during the first week of the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. It was a pretty lackluster performance by uh, too many cooks in, in the first week of the Fantasy Football League. I lost 187.1 to 136. He had Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, and DeAndre Hopkins go off for him. The only big-time players for me in week one were Mark Ingram and the Minnesota defense. Yeah, I got absolutely crushed. Uh, lost by 70. Jesus, 70? Uh, I didn't even uh, see that. Biggest biggest loss. I played high score. Uh, it just Everybody just played solid. He didn't have like any one particular monster game. Uh, but his whole team just did really well, and ultimately... He scored uh, 196, so that's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, that's definitely, definitely crazy. But the real news is, this week we play each other. Yes, sir. And I'm not too confident. I'm feeling good about it. You're projected to win by nine and a half points right now. Yeah, I was projected, I think, to lose by half a point, and I ended up losing by 70, so... Things can change. I, I had a lot. The story of my team was I left uh, Sammy Watkins on the bench. Uh-oh. That's not good. And How many points were sitting on the bench with that? 42, Oof. I believe. Oof. 42? And then I also had Josh Gordon on the bench who scored a touchdown. Yeah. Um, but overall, I felt pretty solid about my team um, moving forward. Did you win in your other league? I did. I won in my other money league. Um and I think, I, I think I'm going to win this week, too. I'm looking pretty solid. I got a good starting lineup in that one. So I only won in one of the three of my leagues. And the one league that I did win, I had the high score for the week, which was 167. I had Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, and T.Y. Hilton. 
So all three of those guys had big days. But it's on to another week. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I can beat you and go to 500 in the TSK Show League. I know you're looking for your first victory too. Yeah. So I definitely think our matchup is going to come down to the wire. That's for sure. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah. Now, all right. On the field, in real life, the news has been dominated by one player and one player only, and that's Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is now a part of the Death Star. He's joined Vader. He's joined Senator Palpatine, the Emperor. It's it's bad news. He's a, he's a New England Patriot now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got a rough he's got a rough road ahead of him. Yeah. And so he was released by the Raiders after multiple instances of Antonio Brown putting himself before the rest of the team, and it just became too much for Oakland to handle. And they let him walk after voiding the rest of his guaranteed money. And at the time, Antonio Brown being out of a job, he obviously was able to contact other teams, and everyone was really speculating where he was going to go, and even before he ended up with the Raiders, when he initially wanted out of Pittsburgh, people were saying the Patriots were going to go after him, and the Steelers were adamant about not sending him to New England in the first place. Now, ultimately, he ends up on the Raiders, and I think it was just all planned. It might have been all planned, but that'd be pretty crazy. I think uh, I think he's just going with the moment. Well, I think he said he wanted to sign the biggest contract, and then he realized he didn't want to be in Oakland. He tried to get out of Oakland and got out of Oakland. The money's not the big thing for him. No, it's know? not about I think the money. It's always about the headlines. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's all planned. It could have been. Well, here's the thing: New England was willing to offer Pittsburgh a first-round pick initially when AB said he wanted out of Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh said, no, we're not trading him to to the Patriots. Like, obviously, there's an understanding of that rivalry and what, what that means. And the Raiders end up trading him for less than what New England would have gotten. And then he ultimately leaves the Raiders in the dust. And, like, it's good they don't have to pay him. But they had to give up so much to get yeah, him. Yeah, it's a win on both sides. I mean, Antonio Brown ultimately won. Oh, for sure he ultimately Oakland, won. He, Oakland, he's going to the defending Super Bowl champs. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a lot of bullshit to deal with for Oakland, but they ultimately won. Antonio Brown for sure won. But, I mean, he's got a tough road ahead of him now. It's yeah. just like with these allegations coming out of well, you know, sexual assault and rape, that's no good. Um, no, that's definitely not good. And, and, I mean, I'll be the first to say we, we're not qualified to speak on on that at all. No. Because we don't know the facts and it's yeah. all, all alleged. It's all accusations right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough right ahead of him. Like, people are throwing out, people are throwing out those kind of allegations and not knowing the story. It's going to be, it's going to be bad. It, it, it's one of those things where even if you're innocent, it's bad. Yeah, I mean, and it's, your name gets smeared. Yeah, it's, it's always tough and it's, it's definitely a situation I think if the Patriots knew about it beforehand, they definitely wouldn't have gotten themselves involved with Antonio Brown in the first place. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, I think it's just, you know, 
I don't know. There's a lot to it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a lot to, to unpack with that with that whole yeah, situation. Yeah, I just think it's going to be tough for Antonio Brown to be he's on the Patriots. Like, the Patriots will be ready whenever he's ready. And, the, you know, I hope it doesn't take away from their football. He was at practice today, reportedly, so yep. that is a good sign. Yep. But it is, I mean, it's Wednesday, and lately with Antonio Brown. No, this, uh, this, this like, the allegations off the field are going to, take their time and due process but right but it's like, it's a question the of moment, what, he's gonna get out there and ball like but it's a question of what the Patriots do yeah, even I with think, these allegations could they sit him on Sunday no you don't think so no they're playing they're, I mean they don't care about all that he's innocent until proven guilty in their eyes so I think he's ready to rock he's in shape they're ready to win um, it's a business you know, Michael Kendrick came and balled out for the Seahawks last He's year. He's facing jail time. Uh, for four weeks and then went to jail. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that... Yeah, listen, this isn't the first time... business. That... You, can, you, can, you, you can get what you can get out of them before, before they go, you know what I mean? This isn't the first time the NFL has dealt with a scandal like this, and this isn't the first time the Patriots have dealt with a player in a, in a situation with this type of magnitude. He's innocent until proven guilty. For sure. And so it's like... He's going to ball. He's going to get out there and ball. That's a long-term situation for Antonio Brown. That has nothing to do with the Patriots. Well, I mean, it has something to do with the Patriots in the sense that, yeah, he plays on a team, but it's Antonio Brown's problem. Yeah, it's, for sure. It's definitely – I think the Patriots will be there to support him in any way possible. But I think at the end of the day on the football field, we know – They're going to crush him, man. It's going to be scary. Yeah, we know what kind of player Antonio Brown is, and we saw what the Patriots did week one against the Steelers and what the what the receiving court looked like even without him. Yeah, and it's just like when we look back on this Antonio Brown summer, I, I think there's going to be a lot of things we didn't understand. I can't wait for this 30 for 30 to come out in 20 years. Well, and we're just, we just don't understand what's going on right now. There's a lot more going on. Than like the antics that we see, so yeah, someday we'll get that explanation. I think though a boost of confidence though. But if he but if he suits up, he's gonna ball. Yeah, and I think a boost of confidence for Antonio Brown was the move that the Patriots made by sending Demarius Thomas to the Jets for a future sixth round pick, and Demarius Thomas was originally cut, yeah, and then that, he resigned, and now he's traded away. Yeah, I think Demarius Thomas has been in close contact with the Patriots front office this whole time. Yeah. And he's sort of, out of respect, using them for another chance, or, like, the Patriots could use him. You know what I mean? Like, they cut him because they knew they'd be able to re-sign him. Like, he was like, hey, I'm not signing him. It was like a financial move to really cut like, him. Yeah. It just say he got a roster spot for them. Yeah. And then um, they signed him, and they probably approved his trade with his with his green light. Yeah, I they think... They were more like, hey, you know, someone wants you, do you want to go play somewhere else, we'll trade you. Well, and I think it also says a lot that Bill Belichick traded him in division. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're in a mutual respect relationship, and they were trying to do what's best for him yeah. because it didn't cost him anything. Yeah. Now, on the flip side of all this Antonio Brown stuff, we have Oakland, who is minus a number one receiver. Yeah, man. When you when you count out a pro uh, a pro team, it's you know special things can happen. Underdog stories, a real thing. You know, uh, 
coming in with a chip on your shoulder, everybody counting you out. Yeah, first first home game Monday night, last Monday night home game in Oakland. You get a co- collective group working hard on the same page and really trying to prove themselves, and they're gonna they're gonna dominate a team that's not ready to go. Hundred percent. Now, it's interesting though. I know they were all different situations, but is Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, and Antonio Brown the most talented trio of players any one single team has parted ways with in a 12-month span? Like, is it the most talented trio a team's ever, like, parted ways with in a year? I mean... I think so. Maybe. I mean, I, I can't really think of any other three off top, but... Yeah, I mean, Antonio Brown's tough because he never played there. But... Still, and, he. And, yeah, I mean, they were count. They were counting on him for the season. Their their initial game plan going into going into week one up until Saturday. Well, I know of one off top. Just like, what's the one? It's a, diff- it's a different. It's a different sport. Okay, go for it. Well, the well the ninety seven ninety eight Chicago Bulls had Jordan Rodman Pippen and the ninety eight ninety nine Bulls. I had none of those. That is true. I would arguably put that. I would. I would probably put that ahead of this trio. But yeah, gotta be ahead of that trio. But I mean, listen, Khalil Mack is arguably. Yeah, it's that. It is. That's a lot. But I think that a lot of people, turn, you know, turn things over quite quite often. More, you know, if you really thought about it. But it is. The Raiders have like just dumped their stars for yeah. sure. And it's. I mean. What's Gruden going to do? He's got to coach up young players and make them studs. Yeah, and it's... Josh Jacobs looks to be a great pick. Had the best debut of anyone since LaDainian Tomlinson. Tyrell Williams is a good guy to bank your hat on. Like, he gave him a shot. He was an underdog. Yeah. Um, You know, his guys like Vontez Burpick. You know, Gruden has a way of getting, you know, maxing people out. And then on top of it, his relationship with Derek Derek Carr is like big time. You know? Yeah, he's a quarterbacks guy, so he's gonna get the max effort out of these guys, and he believes in them. And he's like, they've cut a bunch of big names to roll with these guys, and everybody's counting them out. So the Raiders are gonna be like the upset alert team. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna win more than six games, probably win five or less. But moving forward, I think John Gruden is gonna improve this franchise. We'll see. And they're going to be ready to roll. They've got guys on their team that are better than we know. Yeah, that's for, I, I would agree with that. And he's going to get the most out of them. And then in a couple of years, they'll be like, just like the Seahawks. I mean, nobody knew Sherman. No one knew Cam Chancellor. No one knew Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson, uh, Doug Baldwin. Yeah. You know, no one knew these guys. Yeah. All right, now moving, moving down south, uh, to Southern California. We got the Chargers still dealing with the Melvin Gordon situation. He still hasn't reported. He's not going to report anytime soon. From everything that I've heard and read, it's probably going to be around week eight. He has until week 10 for this season to to count towards his uh, total seasons played. But Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson filled in very nicely for Gordon on Sunday. The, the Chargers run game looked looked pretty okay for... Not pretty okay. They looked very good. Oh, they're solid. 
Austin Eckler. Uh, I think he's a, I think he's a, a legit replacement. Yeah. And I don't think Melvin Gordon's coming back. No, I don't think he's coming back either. I think you got a Le'Veon Bell situation. I've gone back and forth. This week, I'm like, this just smells like he's pulling Le'Veon's car. He's going to sit out of here, sign where he wants. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because this is now the second year in a row we've had this situation. It's kind of like the running backs in the NFL going on strike. Like, they're not being paid enough. Yeah, the, the the running backs, you know, in the last generation um, have taken a huge, like, huge uh, a cut in, like, carries and touches. You know, everybody's splitting carries, two, three running backs. Yeah. And it used to be a three-down running back, and you're more valuable. And now running backs just aren't valuable. You can get a running back in the fifth, sixth round that will come in and play, play ball for you. Yeah, I think there really there hasn't been as much of an emphasis on the run game in today's NFL. It's more it's, of a passing it's just, league. It's not. It's not that. It's just the run game is still there. It's just you got guys that do certain things. You got specialists. You got a you got a first and second down back. You've got a scat back, a receiving back. You know. Yeah, you, you have the, you have these combo guys like Tyreek Hill, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley's a good receiving back. Uh, yeah, and those in that in like Todd Gurley is a three down back, you know. I mean? For sure, it's just it's the guys like Tariq Cohen, Alvin Kamara, you know, and well, and Kamara, and Kamara's like a scat back, but now he's playing all three downs. But him and but Mark that, Ingram, yeah, were like completely. That was like Mark the, Ingram first, second down, move the change north and south. Yeah, that's like uh, the blueprint for then, this. And yeah, exactly, and so. You know, everybody's playing running back by committee at this point. And so they're just not valuable. And these guys are standing up and saying we are valuable. Well, we're more valuable than we're being paid for. If if you're a three-down back, you should be paid twice as much as the other guys. Well, speaking of getting paid, Zeke finally got his deal. You were right. He was there week one. And we talked about it last episode and said, and I said, by the time we wake up tomorrow. Yeah. Zeke is going to be signed with the Cowboys. And I was like, it'll probably come soon. And it didn't come soon. It came in the middle of the night. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. And uh, woke up to it. Bang. Just like I thought. Zeke. Yeah. Paid. So he signed a six-year extension. And I drafted Zeke in my other fantasy money league. Oh, there you go. So he signed a six-year extension worth $90 million. So his the total worth of his deal now is $103 million over eight years. $50 million is guaranteed that eclipses the $45 million guaranteed that Todd Gurley received from the Rams. So Ezekiel Elliott is now the highest paid running back in the NFL. Deservingly so. Yeah. Now Zeke's teammate and quarterback, Dak Prescott, who, like we know, has had some contract discussions this offseason as well. And He's from- got a ball this year. <laughs> From the numbers that we saw leaking out, we know Dak wants to get paid, and he wants to get paid a lot. But to get paid a lot, you have to perform. And in the first season, or in the first game of this season against the Giants, Dak completed 25 of 32 passes. He threw for four touchdowns and 405 passing yards. That was the most passing yards in any season opener by any Cowboys quarterback ever. Dak played absolutely phenomenal, and if he stays consistent, Jerry's going to be forced to pay him. 
Yeah, there's a lot to that, I guess. Um, I don't think. Uh, Dax, please, please explain. I don't think Dax is good as the numbers. I mean, perfect passer rating though. He balls out. Yeah, you got to win, but I mean, he's also there's not a lot of great quarterbacks walking around. They got their guys, so I think they got to pay him. Yeah, listen. I think. I mean, he's not going to play he's the Giants. Get, he is going to get overpaid, in my opinion, for his talent, but for his value to the franchise, he's not going to get paid enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not going to play the Giants every week, but if he continues to play like this, he's it's, a franchise quarterback, and there's 20 guys in the world that are franchise quarterbacks. So you got to pay the guy you got. He just was not. One of the best, in my opinion. Not that he's bad, but I, he's a franchise guy. Yeah. So now, they got to pay him. Did, let me ask you this. Do you think Dak Prescott gets... He's going to fucking ball this year. Well, no. I'm, I, I, I understand that. All this talk that we're doing, the motivation behind being productive this year, and how far it goes in pro sports when you got a pro athlete that's dedicated and focused... Crazy shit happens. Yeah, no doubt. Now, do you think he gets what Jared Goff got at $134 million? I think he's asking for Russell Wilson money. That's like... What's Russell's contract? Remind me. I think he's that. I mean, I don't know what it Hold is. On on top, but he's the highest paid. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. But I think uh, that's, where, that's what he's asking. He's going to say, I want Russell Wilson money. I do what Russell Wilson does. I'm just as important to this franchise as Russell Wilson is. That's how his agent attacks it. His stats are probably going to be there. Okay, Russell Wilson is four years, 140, with 70 guaranteed at signing. Yeah, so probably more guaranteed than Russell, but closer total. Okay. That's what he's asking for. Well, okay, so Jerry Goff got 134 total, 110 guaranteed. Is he get is? Yeah, so so. So probably so probably more closer than that then I guess. So so you think okay, do you think it's gonna be more than Jared Goff or like right around the well, same? Well yeah, right around the same. That's what he's asking for. Uh, well yeah, no, he he's wants, asking for forty. He wants max money. He wants to be the number one guy. Yeah. Who I doesn't just, I just thought Wilson was, but I guess Goff's six inches more than that. Well and I mean the so, yeah, players he wants more than Goff. The players association wants each new contract to be record breaking because it sets the market for the rest of the league. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you're a player, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's just like whoever's next up gets highest paid. Now, that, the only thing wrong with that is that's why it's often that the best player isn't the highest paid because, you know, you miss your window where your time's available that you miss out on a contract. Yeah. Yeah. You know? For sure. You got to sign three years somewhere else instead of where you wanted to go. Yeah. Now, I mean, listen, the Cowboys, they they look great against the Giants. But again, we we said it on uh, the preview show last week. We think the Giants are probably going to be a bottom five team this season. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to the Ravens. It's like it's hard. It's, it's similar to the Ravens in the sense, like, it's hard to judge judge the teams a blowout when they yeah. play such a bad team. Yeah. But, but I mean they did what they they did what they were supposed to do. Hundred, yeah. Anything less than what they did would have been failure. So it's right. like we gotta give them credit. Like yeah. they did what they needed to do. Yeah. Now a team 
that underperformed, but their star player is obviously consistent enough. Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you know, they're fucked, man. <laughs> their their mentality and uh, coach, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, that team's fucked. Yeah, but I mean, does Julio care now that he's got this extension? No, Julio's fine. I mean, Julio's gonna be all right, but <laughs> um, that doesn't mean like this team's done. They're their done windows mentally. closed. Yeah, they lost. They lost that. They they lost. They gave up the worst Super Bowl loss ever. Yeah. Biggest. How do you? In. They they still haven't come back from it. It just no, they haven't. I don't think they ever will. And it's just like you have a lead like that, and you pull in the Super Bowl. Like you had it. You had the Super Bowl, and like you had the lead that you can't blow, and you blew it. Yeah. Now. I want to talk about Julio individually for a second because I want to talk they're about his so deal. They're so talented. Well, yeah, they they have a lot of talent, but they haven't really done anything with it. It's just like I just think it's tough for them to get up and go ball. <laughs> All right, now like I was saying, I want to talk about I want to talk about Julio's deal. So him and the Falcons came to an agreement on a three year extension worth sixty six million dollars. Now get this. $64 million of this $66 million was due at the signing. So Julio got 64 of that 66 as soon as he signed that dotted line. So Julio and the Falcons are now connected to each other for the next five years. The 97% of the deal guaranteed at signing is the most for any non-QB. The highest before that was your boy Trey Flowers at 74%. So that's pretty cool. But what was interesting was Adam Schefter tweeted out, that he received a text from an NFL executive after the Julio Jones signing was announced, and it read like this. Quote, this is the first legitimate step to being NBA contracts. Julio might actually be the tipping point for the NFL to follow the NBA. Dot, dot, dot. Bad for clubs, great for players. End quote. Do you think we will see future NFL contracts look similar to NBA contracts? Yeah, for sure. So it's just always going to go up. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to catch up completely. They're always going to be behind. Well, not until they get fully guaranteed contracts. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, they're they're going to be behind for a while, but they're going to catch up. I think that their, their contracts are only on the rise. And just the way that... Uh, that you know, the NBA and the NFL are moving. They're just, they're moving more towards players are underpaid. Every player in the NFL and the NBA is underpaid. And so it's just like, I think that both leagues are moving towards like giving people more money. Yeah. And more guaranteed money. Do you think that NFL players uh, are jealous or look at the NBA player empowerment movement and say, I want to do something like that in the NFL? I think people have done it. I mean, it's not, I, I don't think that. You know, I think no. I agree. NBA, I think players are starting to. NBA players are more marketable because they play a sport where it's like there's no helmet. Yeah, we've you know had that discussion I mean? many times. It's just like that's, you know, they're more recognizable. They're an indivi- more individual. Um, they have sneakers and not cleats. You know, it's like um, they're just easier to market, so they make more money. But it's so it's just like Peyton Manning, the Peyton Mannings of the world, you know, he's paid a ton of money off the field. Yeah, but he's a quarterback. 
Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, well, and that's true. Like, outside of quarterbacks, there's basically none. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they're for sure jealous. But, I mean, even even with players like with what but Antonio... It's, just, it's, it's more of a team sport. I mean, there's just more players. It yeah. makes sense. But look at, look at what Antonio Brown did and how he got to the Patriots. That's player empowerment. Look at what OBJ did with wearing the Richard Milley watch. And how everybody's that's everybody yeah, everyone's been talking about it. I think he's an idiot for that one. Well, I mean, everybody knows since kindergarten you're not allowed to wear something on your wrist while you play sports, but I guess in the NFL it's different. No, I mean I just I just think he's like trying to be that guy, so that's what Well, I mean. but exactly he's trying I don't to want to feel that fire, you know what I mean? It's just like, yo, you're wearing a watch on the field, like you act like no one's gonna notice, it's gonna get noticed. You did it to get noticed. Yeah, he posted it on Instagram. And if you have a problem with it, you're you're a superstar. You're a superstar uh, that doesn't want to be treated like a superstar. He, no, he wants to be treated like a megastar. No, he just like you like you want to act like no one's gonna notice. It's like, dude, you, you and but you do everything you do is to be noticed. Right, exactly. But I think. I think football players are noticing what NBA players are doing, and they're trying to start to do it. Yeah, that, that's like what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but that's that, that's different than wearing a watch. I mean, that's just like you know. But it, I you no, know, it's all in marketing. Like and if an to, NBA player wore a fucking that watch in a game, dude would be like, "What the fuck is this Dumbo doing?" Well, it's like I don't care who it was. It's like Nick Young when he wore the Yeezys in a game. No, it's not, though. Because those are still fucking shoes. I guess, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's still, like, a, something that people wear. Yeah. A fucking watch? Yeah. No, it was you did, stupid. You did, you did that for attention. You did that to... It, the only reason the only reason you did that was for attention and or looks. Now, if you did it for looks, I get it. Look good, feel good, play good. I'm a big believer in that. But you are wearing something that you know that people are going to... Like, you're not supposed to be wearing that. Yeah. But, I don't know. I think I'm surprised. You know, the other, the one thing that, it's like, they do pick and choose on what, like, Deshaun Watson's chain, like, had a legit piece on it. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know about that, you know? Like, well, it's, I mean, we saw point, what happened like, with the keep to leave and Michael Crabtree. But, but a chain is one thing. You know, just a rope is one thing. But a fucking piece that just, like, a medallion on there. Yeah. It seems like that could go bad. Like, if that's like, you know, vertical in between pads and your skin and pierces your fucking neck or something. Yeah, like, like it's like I said, like, since since grade school, we all know we're not allowed to wear, like, jewelry, jewelry. and stuff. It's like, just like earrings, ropes, I get it. We've gotten away with it. There's not a huge significant risk. Yeah, I mean, we see baseball players wearing doing it all the time, too. Like a watch could fuck shit, fuck shit up, you know what I mean? Dude, like, imagine... Like, Imagine he gets tackled, the face of it breaks, and it goes into someone's helmet and, like, cuts their, like, cornea. Well, that's a freak accident. I'm just saying. It could happen. It could happen. But it's more so it's just, like, it's a hard service that could, like, hurt yourself. Like, no doubt. If it gets smashed against you, it's not going to feel good. Yeah. But, all right. It, other than that, uh, I just had a couple injury notes and then one last thing about of all teams, the Dolphins, because they're in a tailspin of a descent. But 
week one injuries uh, I wanted to go over real quick. One, the Jaguars quarterback, Nick Foles, Big Dick Nick, broke his clavicle and needed surgery for it. But your boy, old Wazoo Cougar, Gardner Minshew, is now the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's been a blessing to watch this guy's like, <laughs> career and know, know the backstory because it's a really cool story. And uh, I'm super excited for Mitchu to um, get rocking. He's going to be all right. Yeah, so on Sunday, he had a completion percentage of 88%. That was the highest completion percentage of any player with at least 15 pass attempts making their NFL debut. And it's also the single game record among players with at least 25 pass attempts. Yeah, he can throw the rock. I know that. I mean, <laughs> I know that he's a really accurate, really smart player, understands football. Uh, he's played a lot of football. So I just know that when you get around a bunch of pros, you're going to be better. You know, yeah. he, they, you know, this guy that may not have the athletic tools but can throw the rock, does the right thing with a bunch of great athletes, he's going to make them look good. And yeah. they're going to make him. Yeah, now he is going to be in competition with. He's four. not. A, he's not. I don't think he's a starting quarterback yet. But he's a serviceable guy. And right. He's definitely a backup quarterback in the NFL. And I think he's about to prove it. And uh, if he balls right now and then solidifies himself as a backup, uh, borderline starter, then he'll make a career being a quarterback. Yeah. And so that was like not. No one saw that. Yeah. So now uh, he is going to be in competition with former Steelers quarterback Josh Dobbs. The Jacksonville Jaguars made a trade for Dobbs uh, yeah. yesterday, I believe. And I uh, think Dobbs is going to win that job. But, hey, I mean, listen, Minshew's definitely going to get a chance. Minshew's going to ball, and what I think is going to happen is maximum, like, maybe four or five weeks, they're going to struggle. And, he, and he's going to – the quarterback's the easy mix-up to change – Everything. Yeah, you know I mean? it's tough. And when you lose a quarterback and then on the defense they lost a star linebacker, Miles Jack, uh, I think he might have broken his hand. I'm not really too sure because he did punch that guy's face mask, which was obviously not the smartest move. So I'm not really too sure what the update is on Miles Jack, but they could be missing him for some time. So it's not looking too good in Jacksonville. No, they're they... – Man, they have, they have they still have a special defense, but it seems as if their magic was lost. They got Leonard Fournette, they got a solid D, but I don't know. They're yeah. missing something. Yeah. All right. The other injury I wanted to talk about was Chiefs wide receiver Tyree Kill. He's going to be out four to six weeks initially with what was thought to be a broken collarbone, but it turns out it was a sternoclavicular joint injury. I'm not really sure if I pronounced that right, but. It's a joint in your shoulder somewhere. Uh, he's not going to need surgery, though, which is good. But uh, also the Chiefs aren't going to put him on IR, so he will be able to come back. They're going to monitor him closely uh, and see if it's going to be closer to four weeks or closer to six weeks. But definitely a big blow to a very explosive offense. I think the Chiefs are going to be fine, uh, but it definitely hurts when you lose a player of uh, Tyree Kill's caliber to injury like that. Yeah, I mean, if this wasn't the Chiefs, this would be a huge blow. I mean, he's a freak. He's yeah, a if he's star. on any other team. He's a superstar, but um, they're going to be fine. Yeah. All right, like I said, the last thing I'm Sammy Watkins, dude. Sammy Watkins was unreal. Left him on the bench. 
42. Are you starting him this week against me? Um, yes, sir. Oh, Although, he's for sure on the trade market. I've been trying to shop him. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, unless like I get a trade accepted, he for sure is going to be starting this week. Kenny Galladay for Sammy Watkins? Uh, no, no, I can't do that. I have Marvin Jones Jr. Mm, all right, we'll I'm talk. Put, we'll not, talk after this week. I'm not putting that much uh, <laughs> weight to the Lions receiving core. Okay, all right, we'll talk after this week and maybe see what see if we can work something out. I was talking to old Golov just not oh, that long ago. I know you were before the show I'm trying to make a play. Um, Who are you trying to get? We're looking at Hooper, Austin Hooper, Aaron Jones. I don't know if you want to put too much stock in Hooper after after the way you were talking about the Falcons earlier. No, I really like Mark Andrews, too. Okay. Uh, Mark Andrews is a gut, gut guy for me, uh, Washington Plain College. A uh, big fan of his. So I, I rolled with him, and he scored 20. There you go. But tight end was the position of need before, and now, now he's looking all right. So I might have to pull the trigger. But if I could steal an Aaron Jones caliber player. I need a running back two. Well, okay, all right. Running we can talk. One. Running back one, running back two. We can talk after. We can talk after we play each other this week. Like see what ten, happens. Like a like a running back rank like ten to fifteen. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. All right. And I got a couple stud receivers on the trade block. All right, I'll have to take a look. All right, last thing uh, I wanted to talk about, like I said, was the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins were blown out this past Sunday against the Ravens. Now, when rumors started swirling, they might trade Laramie Tunsil. Some reports came out saying that Dolphins players would revolt against the team if Tunsil was traded. Ultimately, Tunsil was sent to Houston. And he was sent along with Kenny Stills, who wasn't seeing eye-to-eye with the front office as well. After the 59-10 to loss to the Ravens, reports were coming out of the locker room that multiple players on the team had contacted their representatives to demand trades out of Miami. I've never heard of a professional athlete wanting out of Miami. One. So what is going on? Yeah, now, fuck, I mean, it's the Dolphins. I mean, hey, but realistically, what is going on in Miami? Are they? Uh, gonna- it's a mess. Their morale is bad. A lot of players want out. They're terrible. I mean, they don't have a lot going for them football-wise. It's hard for me to think that a pro football team doesn't win a game. I like Fitzmagic. I like Rosen. Um, I believe in coaching staffs, like, giving it their all. If players don't want to be there, players don't want to be there. So I don't think that there's anything that coaches can do to, like, coach these guys into giving it an effort. I mean, um, after going... I think it's a mess. I think they need to trade the fucking house. Trade them all. Yeah. Stockpile draft picks. There's a bunch of guys that just got cut. Well, that's what they've done. They make 53-man rosters. That you can fill this team out, win one, two games, and and draft your way out of this as a franchise. Yeah, that's what they have to do. You've got to you you've got to draft your way out, and you got to trade anything that's not trying to play right now. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, the Dolphins have I believe at least six picks within like the first four rounds of the draft this year. Perfect. They need to just stockpile that shit up. You take anything you can get draft pick wise um, for any player that doesn't want to play. Yeah, and I mean it's just and you get through the season. You you have coaches that come to coach. You got a couple of good quarterbacks to pick from, and then you know you fill in the rest of the spots. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's pretty clear though that they're tanking. 
Yeah, and I think that they should, you know, they should. <laughs> You're advocating for it? Yeah, I mean, why not? It's the way that the league is set up, um, You sh- it, it rewards you for tanking, so you should take yeah. advantage. Yeah, I guess. It's a business. But all right, the, you got anything else for week one that you wanted to talk about? But you want to you want to save it for uh, the next episode? Yeah, I got lots to say on the next episode. <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you haven't noticed, uh, like we did last NFL season, we did it last week with the first week of the NFL. We're going to be doing two episodes a week. First episode, we're talking about normal stuff like we do on the show uh, normally, and then the second episode is the preview show for the next week of the NFL season. So coming up after this will be the week two NFL preview show but before we get to that let's close up this episode with some basketball talk because it's a sad day for team usa and american basketball they lost to the french tyler's least favorite country i'd rather lose to spain that's for sure china anybody russia but anyway so Team USA lost to France this morning in the quarterfinals of the FIBA World Cup. This snaps a 58-game winning streak in international tournament play with NBA players. Yeah. Obviously, there were question marks surrounding this team all summer, and those question marks were clearly valid because the USA was not able to get the job done in China this summer. They will play in the consolation bracket now for the remainder of the tournament, and it's definitely unfamiliar territory for Team USA. Do you think that with this loss to France, Team USA will reevaluate how they construct their teams for international tournaments? Nah, because it's on the players. I think Pop said it best. It's not about the people who's not there. It's about the people who are there. And, you know, it's just, it's just one of the things where it doesn't logically make sense. You know, um, maybe they revisit in the sense of why not just send some college guys over there. I think that they've got a lot more to gain and a lot less to lose than these pros. But do you think those college guys will be competitive in international play? I don't think it matters. I mean, who cares? If it's if it's if not, it's not the Olympics, you don't care. No, who does? What American does? Fair, I guess. I mean, a lot of people were upset this morning. That's for sure. Because it's just like because it's a bad team and we're not used to seeing it. It's like. But it don't matter. Who gives a fuck? No one cares about the fucking 2019 World Cup champs. No one. <laughs> no one's ever going to bring that up. Until the next loss. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't remember the 2006 team that lost last with, you know, 21-year-old Melo. D-Wade was on that team. 20-year-old LeBron. Yeah. And fucking Alan Brand, Joe Johnson. I don't remember that I thought team. you said you didn't remember that team. Well, I mean, I remember... No, I'm kidding. You know, I remember the side-by-side I saw today, but it's like, that's, you know, FIBA. We're not sending our A-team over. Yeah. I bet, you, I bet you the Olympic team is a, lot, is a lot more nice than what we sent there. I would hope so. Now, we did qualify for the 2020 Olympic Games after beating Brazil in the second round of the FIBA World Cup after the group stage. So... I want to know, do you think we'll see the same uncertainty from players about playing on the Olympic stage, or will all the stars are going to be back? Like, no question. Uh, no question. 
there'll be stars because it's the Olympics and the Grand Jury event experience, I think. It's something that there's a bunch of stars out there that are ready to roll. Yeah, I mean, listen. Maybe it's, got me. It's, it's probably going to be guys like Booker and Ben Simmons. and ben, No, Ben Simmons will play for Australia. Okay, well, Booker. Booker <laughs> no, it'll be Booker, Booker Harden, Trey, um, Russell James, Westbrook, yeah, yeah, exactly. Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah. No, and we'll maybe, be. And maybe, you know, maybe an Ant Davis or a Russ says no. Steph's probably saying no. Braun will probably say no. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Ant Davis and Russ and Clay. And, yeah, if Clay's healthy, why not? And, and, you know, maybe a Jimmy Butler. Maybe, you know. Maybe a couple, you know, a Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and I think Jason Tatum will be on the Olympic team probably. Jason Tatum definitely can make the squad. Um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns probably plays. He plays for the Dominican. Damn. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Right, he does. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a weird one. <laughs> Al Horford played for the Dominican too. <laughs> that's a weird one too, honestly. Yeah. Um, but all right, another. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think we'll reclaim our dominance in international basketball come 2020 in Tokyo. Uh, I think the Olympic team's going to be nice. Yeah. Now, all right, another basketball topic I wanted to discuss was Memphis wanting Andre Iguodala to report to the Grizzlies training camp. They're refusing to engage in buyout talks with the three-time champion. Obviously, Andre feels a certain way about getting shipped off to Memphis after being an integral part of three championships for the Golden State Warriors. We all know he got done dirty. He and, blew it. And he's most likely going to be entering his last season of his career. He and blew it. You're right. I, that he came out with the fucking book. Like, yeah. He came out with the tell-all while you're still in the biz, <laughs> dude. You can't yeah. fucking do that. I mean, they for sure that was a fuck you to send him to Memphis. Yeah. And it's even bigger fuck you to not, not buy him out. Yeah, so how do you think how do you think uh, the situation ends? I think Memphis is playing it smart until they get the deal that they want. Hold on to him. Yeah, yeah they like, hold all the cards in this situation. But I think, but I think you know, his his best case scenario, he should just retire and sign for the playoff run. <laughs> just take the easy way out. Yeah. Eh, I guess. I mean well, I mean well, he's gotta figure out how to become eligible for the playoff run. I don't I mean once you sign those papers, I feel like there's like a time period. Yeah, no, maybe he can't, but he's got to figure something out to get out of Memphis because he's just going to end up just petering out like Tony Parker. Yeah. All right. Uh, another thing real quick. What are your thoughts on the NBA notifying teams it's not going to allow players to wear the ninja-style headband next season? The headwear apparently wasn't approved by the league it hasn't gone through that league approval process and teams express concern regarding safety and consistency of size and length yeah i mean a i don't really understand why why they didn't approve it um b i do like the way they went about it they did it in the off season and they didn't interrupt the mid-season you know yeah. Take away from the game. They let it roll out. Um, and it's just like, I like I said, hey, I don't, I don't understand why they kicked it out of bed. I don't see why they said no to it. They NBA. Yeah, all the players loved it. NBA players got them from tennis players with the tennis headband. Yeah. Tennis is where those 
that's where they got those. They made those for tennis. Um, football is just a little bigger. But like ultimately, like all these headbands, Kyler Murray was wearing in the college, that was a tennis tennis headband. Yeah. So it just doesn't really make sense why you know tennis has used them for all these decades. Why why ban them in the NBA? Yeah, I guess. NBA t- typically doesn't take try to take a hard control stance, and this just seems weird. Yeah. But all right. The last thing before we get out of here, and it's uh, something fun that I wanted to end on. I found a Twitter user by the name of at Alex Golden NBA. So shout out to Alex for these three trade scenarios that I, that I wanted to to run by you. Let me uh, let me know what you think of these. First one I got for you is Oklahoma City sending Chris Paul to the Timberwolves for Jeff Teague. Gorgie Dang, and a first-round pick. I love this move. I think this is great. You get Chris Paul to mentor Cat and Wiggins. Now, I say, as I say that, I'm not really sure you want Chris Paul mentoring Cat or Wiggins. I mean, but, I hey, I mean, they need a point guard. Chris Paul, and it's between Oklahoma City and Minnesota, I don't know what I'm picking. That seems like a lot of basketball Siberia. So to me. for yeah, so for Chris Paul, I think it's a wash. No, but I'm talking. I'm talking but for the for teams. For Oklahoma City, I feel like it's a win. I feel like for Minnesota, it's definitely a win. Yeah, and I think especially with OKC not having to pay Chris Paul as much as he's owed, that's definitely a win. Minnesota's ready to go. It's just like is Chris Paul just gonna fucking bag it, mail it in? He's playing in Minnesota. Yeah, and I, I think... I Oklahoma City's already bad enough. Well, yeah, and I think on the flip side, with pairing Jeff Teague and having a young player like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I think that's the perfect combo right there. Well, I mean, and it's like for Paul, it's just like, okay, so we got Gallo. Yeah. You know, we got Steven Adams, or we got fucking Wiggins, and we got Cat. Yeah. It's like neither, like... Oklahoma City's way more like playoff experienced than Memphis, uh, Minnesota. Oh yeah, no doubt. You know, even though Cat's probably the best out of all those players, it's like Wiggins ain't doing shit. Yeah, but I mean, I would probably give it. I'd probably give it a B plus for OKC and probably a B for the Timberwolves if we're giving letter grades. No, I think it's an A for the Timberwolves. And I would say it's like like a B plus, A minus for Oklahoma City. Okay. All right, so the second trade I got for you. If you're in Minnesota and you can get Chris Paul to be productive for you, you got the piece you need to make a run. You you would think that puts them over the top and puts them into the playoffs? Yeah. I think they're fucking dangerous in the playoffs. Okay. But you got to have them bought in. That's, the, that's why I don't yeah. think it's going to work. That's the question. You don't want to be there. What I'm saying is, if you got a Chris Paul that wanted to just, like, make that work, then you're fucking rolling. But I doubt that that'll happen. Yeah. All right. The second one, I think you're really going to like. Cleveland sending Kevin Love to Portland. (laughs) Back home. I knew it. For Hassan Whiteside, Zach Collins, and a first-round pick. But I... I mean, I don't think that's legal, first of all. <laughs> I don't think Whiteside can fucking get traded until, like, mid-December. Okay, well, whatever. 
So Whiteside, Zach in a, Collins. Well, in a perfect what? world, yeah. In what? A first round? Yeah, Whiteside, Collins, and a first round pick for Kevin Love. I think that's I mean, a great. Yeah, deal. I mean, I, that's like that's. I mean, that's great for Kevin Love, and it's good for it's good for Cleveland. Yeah. Kevin Love, I mean, pairing Kevin Love. I don't know. If Zach Collins is like Zach Collins is. Who he showed some promise in but the playoffs. Kevin Love is not. Is not. You shouldn't keep him. And who Cleveland first, shouldn't keep Kevin Love? No. No, I agree. And getting that first rounder would be nice. Getting Zach Collins, a young player, would be nice. But I mean, it, Portland's first rounder is probably going to be early to mid twenties. It's not white size. Fucking whatever. They have Tristan Thompson. That's just a salary mess. Well, yeah, I mean, but if you can keep Hassan Whiteside happy, he can be a pretty productive player. Yeah, Cleveland is not a happy place. <laughs> I mean, Zach, That's fair. Zach That's Collins, fair. Uh, Colin Sexton, and uh, Darius Garland. It's like this not bad, and 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 don't forget KPJ too, and Jetty. You know, like Jordan Clarkson. But, yeah, Larry, Larry, Larry Nance. Nance. Yeah, it's a good young core. So it's like if you can flip, if you can get at least like a Zach Collins at a first rounder out of Caleb, do it. Okay. All right. Caleb and Portland. Is now the last scary. one, the last one isn't as realistic I think as the first two, <laughs> but I think this one is really interesting. And remember, this is all from Alex Golden NBA hey, yeah, on you. Twitter. <laughs> Three team deal here. We got the Heat. The Celtics and the Pistons involved. So you're gonna name who they're getting or who they're getting rid of? I'm gonna say who they're, where each player is going. So the Heat are sending Goran Dragic, James Johnson, and Bam Adebayo to the Celtics. The Celtics send Gordon Hayward to the Pistons, and the Pistons send Blake Griffin to Miami. There's a lot. So of that. Pistons. So the Pistons end up. So with it's Gordon. So so it's basically Gordon Hayward, Blake Griffin, and then Boston's trio is Goran Dragic, James Johnson, and Bam Adebayo. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, just off top. So that'd be just off top. I'm thinking Miami wins this trade by getting Blake Griffin. Yeah. I think Jimmy Butler and Blake Griffin. Yeah, that's just, dangerous. Just as good as as anybody. Yeah, no doubt. Boston, that's a good trade for Boston, but they I don't know if they get better. That lineup is just so packed already. But yeah, exactly. And, but it's like I think Detroit is the one that really fucking blew it. Well, yeah, because I think just getting Gordon Hayward. Yeah, that's like, not that's, really. That's, you gotta really hope he's Utah Gordon Hayward and Andre Drummond Detroit, is. Detroit loses, Miami wins, Boston in the middle. Okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But I, I don't know. I thought that I thought that trade was a little unrealistic. I'm not really sure how the, the contracts and salaries match up with that, but yeah, we'll I see. Think, I think Gordon Hayward's gotta be gotta be something that. Yeah. There has to be picks involved with that trade to make but that like, happen. Dragic, Bam, and James uh, Johnson, and James Johnson for Blake. Like that's a that makes sense. Yeah, you know Gordon. Now, if you added another solid player with Gordon Hayward, I think you'd be in the same value as that. You know Blake Griffin was. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. But all right, you uh, you got a shout out before we get out of here? Or? Well, since it's nine eleven, I'll yeah. shout out New York City for sure. Yeah, that, before we get out of here, we have to mention that today is indeed September eleventh. Uh, I'll always think of New York City for the rest of my life. Yeah, a day that no one will ever forget here in the United States. It was the first first attack on American soil since Pearl Harbor. I was in second grade when it happened, and I'll never forget finding out what happened that morning before going to school. And then when I was at school, it was the only thing being talked about by students, teachers, everyone. And to think that it happened 18 years ago, and now I'm 25, like that's just pretty insane to think about for me. There are adults out there that were not born. Yeah. 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 So thank you to all the servicemen and women who sacrificed their lives for this country. Thank you to all the servicemen and women who continue to protect and serve this country. I know many people currently in all branches of the military, so we want to personally thank you all for what you do for this country. And with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on social media, be sure to follow us at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Anchor as well. And we are now on Spotify. Just type in keyword TSK Show to find us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.